We came angry. <laughs> it's been like two months since I got to do that. I know. I know. We did yours and you didn't do it on yours. I didn't say it because I had it set to automatically record. Oh, that's I could hear it when I got oh. on and told me that. No. Yeah. Oh. Well, no. welcome everybody to a I don't know what this would be called, like a crossover episode of cocktails and colts and frightening frowen merge of the segments cocktail frowen uh, frightening cocktails <laughs> uh, but this i thought would be the perfect cult to do for frightening frowen and i actually had it on the list before the cult segment ever started for frightening frowen and it has taken me about four weeks to research for this <laughs> so, people who get mad at me not posting a three times a week right now i have divin divin dovin dived divin <laughs> dovin deeper into research for the episodes <laughs> to give you better content and uh more in-depth dives she went deep uh, I was about to do the dodgeball thing. Dodge. No. Okay. <laughs> um, so, but first matters, before we dive into that, Curtis Crandall is a new uh, voyeur of the patron. Patreon. He's a new patron. <laughs> patron. 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 <laughs> and I appreciate you watching also, somebody went from the $10 tier to the $20 tier, and it did not tell me who. So I appreciate you, whoever that was. And you can definitely message me and let me know it was you. I noticed the new system, like, because the old system actually would tell you who did that, and it would show it in the mm -hmm. changes. And now it just, you see the money difference, but it doesn't tell you who. And I'm like, it's so weird. Yeah. yeah, I had to figure out which tier it was, but that was the only one that made sense. It had to have been the 10 to the 20 because uh, it was a $10 difference and the other tiers didn't make sense for that. And no one was in the $15 one to go from the five to the 15. <laughs> so yeah, there's no MILF potatoes right now. <laughs> I, I have to figure out who changed on mine because they went from 20 to five. And I, um, I send out postcards to anybody that's like 20 and up like every mm -hmm. month. And so I need to remove them from that list so that, you know, they're not getting the postcards anymore. Just... I'm going to have to go through my spreadsheet and go line by line. I have a postcard from you. <laughs> you have a few. Um, I have a couple, and but I just got one. I meant in December. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. My, my New Year's one? Yes. It's sitting up by my window where I was reading it. Nice. And my kids were like, this is from Minnesota. I'm like, no, that's a stamp they put on it. <laughs> <laughs> got stamped in Minnesota. Oh. Uh but they don't understand postcards or mail. Postcards, yeah. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> so this one, this this story is a doozy. It's wild. Like, I don't know if it is... Oh, it says that I have to reload it. Okay, there we go. Uh, I don't know if it's as wild as the other one that'll come out probably around, like, the week after this one, but which was... Um, uh, teal swan <gasps> but this is probably on par with teal swan but they yeah yeah and she, it's gonna be hard to top 
Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This was just uh, the more I researched, I thought I was done, and then I'd find more, and I'm like, that is wild. <laughs> just kept being sucked in. So I tried to make it as chronological as possible with the dates, and the names get a little. There's a lot of names, and so if you need uh, me to f- figure out who that person is again, I tried to say like there's like a oil typhoon. So I tried to say like this person, the oil typhoon, several times, so you remember who who he was. Oh, that's that's good because I don't ever remember names. I always remember like the role, the, how people fit, but I don't remember names. Um, yeah, but this one has a few names for the cult as well. So it's gone by the. People call it today the Blackburn cult, but they didn't call it that. The Divine Order of the Royal Arms of the Great Eleven was her name for it. <laughs> hmm. That's a lot of words. <laughs> uh, but they also called it the Great Eleven Club and just the Divine Order and the Divine Order of the Royal Arms. So there's a lot of names there that they went by. And <laughs> it's just the arms that are royal. It's just the arms. They're just, they're real royal. Uh, And so first I want to say that a lot of my research I got and uh, came from a book, uh, The Cult of the Great Eleven uh, by Samuel Ford. And I will refer to him a lot throughout this, but just know a lot of my research came from that book. And a lot of the research of the other podcasts that I watched also came from the book. (laughs) So uh, he seems to be the know-all of the cult. So, but they're wild and I don't blame them for diving deep into this one. <laughs> but uh, May Otis Blackburn was born uh, August 2nd, 1881 and died in June, June 17th, 1951. And she moved to the City of Angels in 1919 and started what is still thought of as the most bizarre cult in L.A., which is saying something. (laughs) Um, So not a lot of is known about her really early years, but when she was 16 years old, she married a Canadian man named Augustus John Wylan in Jamestown, North Dakota. John had a gambling addiction that was very difficult in their relationship, uh, which made it even more difficult Um, when May found out that she was pregnant with their child, Ruth Angelina Wyland, after they had already separated, she found out that she was pregnant. Um, She gave birth to their daughter on July 25th, 1899, before getting divorced because they did not have the money to do so yet. And apparently it was really expensive to get divorced back then. Uh, And yeah, honestly, I've been there and it is also emotionally taxing. It is financially taxing. And to go through that while pregnant, I would not want to go through a divorce at that time. I think at that that time, you also could only get divorced in a couple of places in the U.S. So for specific reasons, too. Yeah. Um, So I'm not even sure if they qualified to get divorced at that time, since it was due to his gambling addiction. I think that it had to be infidelity and like a couple of other things that it could be, but, or like lying about something like not being who you said you were is another reason. So just lie about your name and then you can later on get divorced. (laughs) Um, After the birth, May gets a letter from a doctor in California that disturbed her saying that John Wyland had been shot and killed 
and there was not a lot of detail in the letter, but just that he was dead. Um, we're not sure if this letter was written by her or not. We never really find out who wrote this letter and how she got it, but she says it was from a doctor and that he was dead. So they didn't have to get divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Um, May leaves her infant daughter with her mother and stepfather while she goes to Minneapolis, Minnesota, a free woman on the prowl for a new husband. (laughs) And um, being a widow looked a lot better and it had a better chances of finding a husband than being a divorcee. So we're not sure if she killed this man or not. <laughs> I'm leaning towards she probably did. That or he disappeared. <laughs> she didn't know where he went. And instead of just being a single woman who has a husband out there somewhere, she just pretended he died. I don't know. Um, so while in Minneapolis, she meets a man named Rudolf Schultz who wants to look after her financially. So she decides to marry him July 1st, 1901. By this time, her mom and stepdad had moved away to Washington state and, um, may did want to see her child, but she did not inform her new husband. She had a child. Uh, yeah. So she told the new husband that the child was her sister. So it's her mother's daughter. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it is barely the 1900s. And being a widow is one thing, but being an unmarried mother is another and would have made it much more difficult for her to find a husband or to find a husband of status. And this man was wealthy. Um, in 1905, Rudolph finally agrees for them to move closer to May's family so she could be near them. And he did want her to have a relationship with her parents and little sister <laughs> and relocated um, where I went to college, Portland, Oregon. And um, once they moved there, Rudolph was um, giving May $125 a week allowance, which guess how much that would be today. Four thousand. Oh, you're close. Four thousand four hundred and ninety-eight dollars a week. Nice. I want that That's allowance. That's quite the allowance. I'd be happy with that much a month. God. I'd be I'd be happy with one hundred and twenty-five dollars a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but 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 for real, um, I'd rather have four thousand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Um. Yeah. That's per week. Um. What I would do with that kind of allowance today. I definitely upgrade my uh, equipment more. Um, she was she was loving it, but she got used to the weight of her coin purse and wanted more. <laughs> she set her eyes on a wealthy lumber tycoon named Fremont Everett. She started putting the moves on him and he reciprocated. But she had to figure out what to do to climb that social ladder. She needed to figure out how to make this happen without making herself a social pariah by cheating on her husband. Um, (laughs) So she comes up with a brilliant plan. She tells Rudolph a story that her first husband, John Wyland, had faked his death and she had found out claiming they were not legitimately married. One more puzzle piece was also getting rid of the new guy Fremont's wife because he was also married (laughs) naturally yes yes of course um 
He wrote to May saying he intended to secure a divorce from his wife as soon as possible. Of course, divorced men were not a pariah, just the women. (laughs) So making his wife less eligible for marriage into the same social class. So like she's totally screwing over this other woman too. And so is he. Um, To show how serious he was, he bought rental properties in May's name so she would have a steady stream of income while she waited for his divorce. Yeah, she's the landlord. (laughs) They're not lovely. I mean, I was a landlord, too, and I tried to be as nice as possible. (laughs) Um, In 1908, she summoned the dead John Whelan to court for faking his own death and abandoning his child, Ruth. She brought the letter to the court explaining she thought John was dead the whole time and she found out he was alive and was so upset and heartbroken. Simultaneously, she is in court to dissolve her marriage with Rudolph, who was not buying any of this and told the courts that May is a scammer and she marries for money and status and then finds someone higher in society and wealth and woos them and tells them stories for sympathy and lies her way into the next relationship. He even made claims that John Whelan was not her first husband, which I don't believe because she was 16 when she married him. <laughs> but, yeah. but he told the court that there was no evidence that she had been married before. <laughs> um, and they were, um, uh, yeah, that's what I said. I didn't find any, any proof of this. And people make lies in divorce court all the time. And then hope it sticks. But records are next to none from the court hearings in 1908 until May 27, 1915. This is when she marries her third husband. So she she never actually marries that other tycoon, but she has those properties from him. <laughs> um, Score. So her third husband of record, his name was George Edward Bloom. Also, John Wheland never showed up to court, so we're not sure. <laughs> she summoned him, but... <laughs> He never arrived, <laughs> so we're not sure why. if he's dead or alive. <laughs> um, but she was able to dissolve that marriage, and I'm pretty sure they were able to get it annulled and not divorced, but I'm not sure. <laughs> the The records were very uh, wishy-washy on that one. Um, he had been in the paper just before she met him, Um or bumped into him for having a very large settlement from an accident at work. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Mm -hmm. What a quinky dink. I know. (laughs) Maybe that's where I should look for dates is like in the paper. (laughs) Oh, this woman died. I wonder if uh, the husband was left. (laughs) Uh, Her mother also remarried during this time to a man named Walter Blackburn, which she took his last name. Actually, no, that's later on, but there's a way she takes his last name, Um, who was father of Ward Blackburn and was the owner of a chain of grocery stores. Glamorous. Um, In 1917, she leaves her husband, George, and seems to be doing okay financially while George is sitting in prison. (laughs) Why? What? What did George do? There was not a lot of uh, there was not oh. a lot of information as to why he was sitting in prison, but I think she probably had something to do with it. She probably did, yeah. <laughs> um, but she had been saving her money through their marriage to start a film company, 
Um, we do not know a lot about May and Ruth's relationship leading up to this point, but we do, that's the daughter of Ruth, um, but we do know that May starts this film company and the now 17-year-old Ruth stars in it alongside her mother. The movie was 1917 silent film, A Nugget in the Rough, which historically was the first feature film shot in Portland, Oregon. But it did not create the buzz they hoped for. Hollywood was the place to be, and the only people producers really were invested in were in L.A. So they packed up their bags and decided to try to make it big in Hollywood for themselves when Ruth was 24 and May was 41. May was trying to make it as a director at this time, more so than an actress. Um, And her daughter still wanted to... Um, to act and be on the stage no one seemed to take me seriously and they had little care for the film that she had created (laughs) the closest to the stage Ruth was able to get was as a taxi dancer this is a paid dancer who goes to dance clubs and for men um, to fork over cash for them to have someone beautiful who knows how to dance so they would be able to um, dance the night away and actually not get their feet stepped on um, and this was huge in the 1920s. And it, I, I believe it started in Chicago and then it went to other big cities that these taxi dance clubs, it was an actual club you'd go to and you knew that you could find these women who you could pay to dance with you. Um, so I, I had written that they were 24 and 41, but I don't think that was actually accurate for when they moved there, but there was very weird articles with different dates and times so and they get the articles get even weirder later on (laughs) with just trying to like make things as big as they possibly could um while working she met a man named edgar jack rickenbore which is a great last name rickenbore rickenbore (laughs) um and um okay So I'm not saying what I'm about to say is not true, but I will say there is no evidence either. And Ruth and May do not have a good track record for reality (laughs) or truth. Um, She did claim that she would, that he would get jealous of her dancing with other men and often would accuse her of doing more with these men. She also claimed he sometimes was violent with her. Um, both could be believable and for the time that that took place uh, abuse was pretty rampant especially physical and emotional and financial abuse um, against women but with all the stories they tell later on I'm not 100% sure it's accurate (laughs) but that's what she said I I just had to interrupt because there was a dog did it walk by of the window back there (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah. I I, I knew he was coming. I'm like, oh, come on. (laughs) He just stopped looking the window. You just see like the silhouette with the ears and the nose. Mm -hmm. Then he just walks. I missed it. You did. Okay. So in 1921, the two did separate. And in 1922, she met another man by the name of Arthur Carl Osborne. Carl did not have the most tender descriptions of Ruth. (laughs) It was said that he described her as not very affectionate and not the kind of girl that believed in heavy petting. (laughs) Wait, is this for Ruth or for May? For Ruth, the daughter. Oh, okay. 
Um, could she have just been a not so touchy feely person? Sure. Um, could it be that she was not in the relationship for love and wasn't it for financial stability? Also could be the case. <laughs> Um, but she had a different explanation. She claimed that he and her mother, um, sorry, that she, that her and her mother were sent there, not for the throes of love and romance. She said that they were here for a higher purpose. This was her reasoning for not being touchy feely, by the way. She turned away from Hollywood's party scenes and started spending her days reading through the scriptures of the Bible and began to become obsessed with the book of revelations she wasn't here for love okay she's here because of revelations (laughs) Revelations. so her and her mother claim to have an experience in which the angel gabriel and later also michael came to them and proclaimed i am gabriel and you are the two witnesses that god has chosen to announce the end of the world (laughs) Yeah. Right then. Yeah. They're <laughs> they're they're cool. Um that they would be the witnesses to the book of revelations and assemble a group of followers. After the first encounters with them, the angels made themselves comfortable and Gabriel especially started coming around very frequently. He wanted them to be the hands to write his book and it would be called the seventh trumpet of Gabriel which would hold the secrets to the, um, to and announce the end of the world. Ruth then claimed that when Gabriel was done telling her what she would need to write down and the information she needed to understand the end of the world, um, Gabriel would play the tunes of Cleopatra and she would dance for him and he made her custodian of all the Egyptian dancers. What? what gabriel what do you feel like you're overextending your reach there bud oh she must have been i don't think that's your department <laughs> i need to open my drink so that i have something to wet my whistle oh yeah i was gonna ask you what your cocktail of choice Still was a cuddle sour blackberry 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 Marai. Like a Pokemon. I only have four of these left. Yeah. I do have no, a mango. <laughs> I know I spilled it last week. Um, <laughs> I didn't drink very much last week. Um, yeah. It is okay. So it is impossible to know if they really believed this or if it was an intentional and elaborate scam. I did find a few podcasts and articles I read that there were accounts of May hearing voices since she was a child and that Ruth had similar accounts in her childhood and was thought to be a, a condition, a mental condition um, known as folia du, which I tried to write it out <laughs> uh, phonetically here. So I think I'm saying it right, but. It means, it translates from French to madness that is shared by two. (laughs) Often one is convinced they have a condition um, or they actually have one and mimic, sorry. So one person is convinced they have a condition and mimic the condition from another person who actually has it. So it's possible May actually had a condition and then Ruth 
kind of followed suit and believe that she did or they both did have a condition or neither of them didn't they just loved attention <laughs> I mean, it makes sense like a, a kid that grows up exposed to that would just think it's normal anyway so yeah uh, and it didn't seem like may's parents didn't believe all the things may said because her mom and stepdad seemed to either enable her or they believe her i'm not sure which it is um so after ruth was done dancing to the tunes of cleopatra uh so ruth and may yeah they're just dancers um so she she said she would scribe and translate the words of gabriel into this book that would take the world by storm those are her words (laughs) and of course they need money to make this book a reality right and they need a lot of it (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why they need so much from what happens later but um they also um would need a lot of time to write this book because there's some heavy things that need to go into this book about the end of the world needs to come out at the right time so it can't just come out willy-nilly whenever they're done with it either. Um, so they went to Ruth's husband, Arthur, for the funds to survive and to make the book. They told Arthur, who did not have the funds himself, that he would need to borrow the money from his place of work. And <laughs> the amounts that the angels demanded kept increasing. As Gabriel told the women that they were to now um, set up a religious order which was necessary for the end times. They let Arthur know that the angels would reimburse him tenfold for investing in their project. You know, like Shark Tank. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you can guess what happens next. She leaves him? His work finds out. (laughs) He was borrowing this money from them. Borrowing. I think Um, they call that embezzlement. I think that's accurate, that it would be embezzlement. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my drinks have arrived. Are those my drinks? Ooh. <laughs> Yay! I'm a drink goblin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's close enough to water. <laughs> it is. It's it's a prebiotic uh, fake soda mm-hmm. that um, makes my my gut happy. Happy gut. Happy, happy gut. Happy uh, slut. But oh, that. <laughs> both <laughs> there you go <laughs> oh goodness oh goodness <laughs> oh goodness okay so yeah he lost his job <laughs> um he really thought that he would be able to pay them back like he would give them this money and the money would be returned to him he'd be able to pay that money back and have more money <laughs> no no um but Arthur must have been a golden child because his parents get involved when he lost his job and his father shows up and told Ruth that she needed to repay the money and then some and make it right and told her how wrong she was for getting him to lose his job and making him go through all of this and manipulating him. Uh, she was furious that he showed up at her house and ended up calling Arthur's mom and threatening to kill Arthur if either of them ever showed up at her house again. Dang. Okay. That's an escalation. Is that, it's going to make one. Christmas really awkward. 
Um, Arthur saw no other way out of this mess and ended up enlisting in the army. And before leaving for duty, he wanted to try to reason with Ruth and May one last time and showed up at their home. Of course, he was met with a dark, empty apartment and left without closure. But where did they go? Things had gotten a little messy in Hollywood. <laughs> so they, they decided to go back to Portland for a little while. <laughs> yeah, right. she, they, they did leave him. She left him. <laughs> just after the embezzlement. Yeah. 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 Take the money uh, and run. Yeah. Oh. And okay, so um maybe this is all part of the plan that the angels had and they needed to go back to portland <laughs> they were welcomed back by back by may's mother and stepfather and the stepbrother who still lived at home they took this time back um back home to sit down and write up their doctrine for what was about um their doctrine for the cult so for the people who would be in the cult and all the things that described what the writing would be about once it is finished <laughs> um they seem like they had done so much work they okay so they wanted it to look like they had done all this work on this book because people had given them a ton of money like tens of thousands of dollars in today's dollars of money towards this book so they would lay their little doctrine of like six pages on top of a stack of empty pages <laughs> to make it look like they had this <laughs> book written wow oh I've, I've seen that trick in police crime dramas where they you know they're interviewing somebody and they want them to think they have more on them than they do so then they put like papers into the file that don't have anything to do with the case and guess yeah. it, it it works in all sorts of situations yeah especially in creating a cult <laughs> <laughs> okay so here's where we get into the actual cult and what they believe because it's it's wild <laughs> okay right. so what did the doctrine and teachings preach to try to gain followers. Uh, they claim that the universe had added a fourth dimension to our world. The universe is described like a living creature. And when it takes a breath, it takes in old versions of reality. And then the body of the universe cleanses them, makes them better and breathes them out as new versions of reality. They said that the tree of life from the Bible regulates the fourth dimension and the tree would allow every person to gain eternal life. It absorbs your age and leaves you youthful. Um, this was what God initially wanted for the world. But Eve, of course, got tricked by that pesky serpent and ate the tree's forbidden fruit. And somehow this took away our ability to have our age sucked out and we now have to wither and die and this confused the universe and the tree of life and why instead of breathe and this is why instead of breathing age in now it breathes in realities hmm. they have such a good imagination i guess this is what happens when women aren't allowed to write their own books you know yeah. what happened to, what, where's gabriel at at this point like oh, he meets with them all the time he's dancing with them oh, yeah okay. yeah he's part of this and michael michael's like sidekick oh, yeah. to gabriel though oh <laughs> of course with the help of may and ruth the tree of life can be um undiscombobulated 
and begin to cycle out age instead of realities again. Once this has been accomplished, there would be created a divine order of the royal arms of the great 11. This was described as 11 women, including Ruth and May, and they would become queens of the universe. The palace um, of the queens was to be in Hollywood, and each was to take on 11 husbands. I would not want 11 husbands. (laughs) I don't even want one. I mean, like... (laughs) I've had two at separate times, and even having them separate, it was a lot. Yeah. 11 cis men in a room. What do we (laughs) And they're not very affectionate because they're just here for this like divine purpose of tree of life. It's all work, no pleasure. (laughs) They're like arborists. (laughs) Arborists. And what also amazes me about these cults. Um, that start out a bit nutty and do not ease into it is that a lot of people like their ideas and wanted to be a part of it. They wanted the eternal youth and the women wanted their chance at being one of those 11. Absolutely. Like so many cults that I've researched don't start out crazy. (laughs) They start out like on the same level as a, a similar religion and then they kind of add to it and it slowly eases them into it or it starts as like a guru like giving you good advice good spiritual advice that helps you and would be beneficial but is also very surface level and then to you have to invest in them to get higher and higher and higher and once you've invested then you have something in it and then it's hard to get out because it's like okay well I paid for this I gave time to this and now it's getting crazier and crazier but I have to go with it but this yeah. is like already nutty. Like from yeah. the mm-hmm. It shows like how discontent people can be with the reality that they live in. They just need and something lo- else. And a lot of the people that follow them were super wealthy, really like had great jobs and they weren't people just looking for something because May needed their money so that she needed pe- to prey on people who had money or spouses of people who had money. So, a notable person who was extremely impressed by the hope to make it big and have all of her fantasies become reality um, was a woman named Martha Rhodes. She was a Christian woman and mother of three, two biological, one adopted. It is also claimed she had a son who died at nine years old as well, on top of those children, who then um, she buried beneath the garden and in their home in the hopes of resurrecting him. And Martha claimed to have powers to raise the dead. She was a necromancer. Um, In fact, she added five examples of this she could accomplish on her resume. Um, I believe that this actually did happen because of other things that happened later. (laughs) But this is what the neighbors said that she did. Um, But I can understand that grief too. If you lose a child of not wanting to have it be solid and have that hope of like maybe they can come back yeah. Like that, yeah that that grief could be very real and then wanting it in your head like yes i can do this i can bring them back and with god i can bring them back uh, she lived with her uh children in klamath oregon and her husband owned a lumber mill uh the lumber lumber is huge for that area even today but it was really big back then 
Um, but after a fire that the town suspected was arson, the mill burned down and was destroyed. Um, she had joined, so she then had joined a denomination of Christianity ran by a woman named Mary Baker Eddy, and it was a Christian, the Church of Christian Science. Um, yeah, so she was already a little. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people in Hollywood, though, grew up in uh, the Christian Science Church. Yeah. So it's yeah. like they're already susceptible to the tomfoolery. <laughs> Tom. Tom. Uh, Tom is foolery. And uh, so resurrections were not uncommon to hear about among the people in that group. Um, chop it up to parlor tricks or just wild tales, but there are a lot of religions through history that believe in raising the dead and that being a particular, um, that being a spiritual gift that God gives you to be able to raise the dead or heal people that are dying without medicine. Um, they also believed that all healing comes directly from God um, or through humans by God. Um, and he gives the gift of healing. They did not believe in medicine or doctors, only thoughts and prayers. <laughs> that doesn't, oh, no. That never makes any sense to me. I'm like, you know, like. Didn't God if give you, you those medicines? <laughs> exactly. Like, if you want to, you know. Yeah, it got so bad in areas where this practice of Christianity um, was prominent that newspapers were reporting unusually high amounts of child deaths due to parents refusing to give children their medicine or for illnesses or bring them to the doctor after accidents. So they would even get like physically injured and their parents would not take them to the doctor because they thought they could pray it away. Ah. <sighs> It's so sad because those kids yeah, did not sucks. have a choice in that. Yeah. Um, now we should discuss May's stepbrother, Ward Blackburn. He's <laughs> Ward. Really cool. Um, he he looks about as skeezy and creepy as he actually is. Uh, he also had a bad odor. That's what a lot <laughs> of people said. Uh, well, that- when somebody smells bad enough that it uh, it makes it into the history books, you <laughs> right? know it's got to be bad. <laughs> They said he would not change or wash his clothes almost ever, and he also would not bathe regularly or brush no. his teeth. Um, May saw something in Ward, though. She does not marry him, does she? Uh, they began having a romantic relationship, <laughs> which is not okay. as horrible as it sounds because she was an adult when her parent, like when her mom married his dad, they didn't grow up yeah. together. But it is bad because her daughter grew up like as a sibling to this person. So... It's just the smell for me. I, yeah. you know, it's that's the, where I'm smell. stuck. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, he was one year younger than her daughter. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Amos is uh, he's, he's like grabbing the back of my camera. Amos. <laughs> um. There were also rumors that Ward had molested children. Um, I didn't find any court records of this, but it was widely talked about among people who knew him. Uh, But with everything else, I'm not throwing out the possibility that it's accurate. The two soon got married, and that made her stepfather, Walter, also her father-in-law. Well... (laughs) 
he also joined the cult and believed in it so so much that he sold all of his grocery store chain and purchased a printing press that he gave to may but his printing press was located in hollywood because she said she would eventually need to go back there and she would be able to publish her own book through the printing press in the city of angels (laughs) hello amos Um, And according to the book by Samuel Ford, he claims that May had some strange ideas around some children. And um, there were multiple accounts of her going up to strangers and supermarkets and on the street and just asking to have their children. (laughs) I wonder if that ever worked. (laughs) It didn't seem to. (laughs) There weren't like a lot of extra children like that other cult. But it reminded me of the, the family cult that we did from Australia. Um, there are rumors that she did try to abduct children as well but did not get away with it Uh, so back to Martha Rhodes May was instantly attached to Martha's adopted daughter Willa um, that she gave her a new name which we know cults do to try to separate Mm -hmm. them from their past and make them feel like a new person within the cult and basically lose themselves if they leave Um, but we know that she doesn't give short names (laughs) oh good yeah yeah um the new name was the tree of life that's her name the tree of life Ah, hello the tree of life Hmm. but bigger than that was the focal point of the whole cult like they believe she like willa was gonna be the person who brings about the tree of life becoming less confused and being able to actually cleanse your el elderness <laughs> your age your age <laughs> elderness elderness i don't know that made me think of raised by wolves or a person turns into a tree oh <laughs> maybe they were going to turn her into a tree <laughs> um but they did make her one of the 11 priestesses and she was a queen they named her a queen one of the 11. Um, I think she was 14 at this time. Oh. Um, so at this time in 1922, they made their way back to Hollywood where the printing press was that was purchased for her. And um, they also rented a really nice house at 640 South Manhattan. And the owner of the house was Edna Vogel. He kept mentioning that, but there was really nothing about her later on. So I don't know know if Edna's really important. Um, They also purchased another property at 1028 South Olivia Street, um, where they ran the Walter J. Blackburn Publishing Company. She kept telling the followers that the complete works of the angels were coming. The pages containing the secrets of the end of the world and the beginning of a new eternal life of the followers. But the first thing she published was a pamphlet containing eight pages. The pamphlets were to be handed out by the followers to people to get more people to join the cult. <laughs> That's what we do. Pamphlets. Pamphlets. Have you it's heard good, about... It's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about our Lord and Savior, the tree? <laughs> the tree. Um, the tree of life. Uh. <laughs> She said the book was still being written and would be there, um, but they needed more followers before she could release it. Because once she releases it, those are the followers you have, I think. And like, 
that's oh, that it. caps it. Yeah. It's basically like so. saving your best TikTok content with the idea that like, you know, you should wait until you have a million followers or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why I have 360 drafts, y'all. They're all just <laughs> winners. <laughs> you, you're saving the best ones. They're so bad. <laughs> no one wants to see those. But when I die, Lee gets my phone and can post them. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so this continued uh, for two years of handing out pamphlets, finding people who would be interested in joining, gaining followers. On May 24th, 1924, Ruth marries, again, an Italian-American Catholic that ties to the mafia named Samuel Rizzio, who was a 17-year-old at the time. <laughs> they go for the youngins. Um, yeah, okay. But his it- family liked Ruth. They thought she was weird, nod, but they liked her. <laughs> <laughs> um. Samuel was promised profits from the book um, that was years in the making and going to change the world as we know it. Ruth then was also made queen of the great 11. So there were three at the time, which means she could technically have 10 more husbands, right? (laughs) (laughs) They never really seem interested in having them at the same time, though, except for like they want to get rid of one to have the next one. Um, it's believed that her husband was not allowed to work outside of the cult once she was made queen and would then serve the cult. But if he did work outside of it, his income would all go to her. This is, this is, a, oh my gosh, I can't say this word. Monarchical. <laughs> okay. Monarchical. Monarchical. That's just even worse. <laughs> I know it's Yeah. Why is patriarch like that? That's easy to say, but mm, I'm not even saying that again. All right. It just sounds like malarkey mixed with another word. Yeah, I think they wanted it to sound like that. Um, it was a monarchy. All right. It was a monarchy. <laughs> but it is said by cult members that Samuel was abusive towards Ruth again. And that he got really aggressive and violent towards her and left the cult one day. Just just left. Oh. But a little more truth came out a little later from other cult members. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Um, so <clears throat> a member, Eleanor Sandrowski, who was a pharmacist and a cult member, she said May came to her in 1924 saying the angels had come to May and had requested specifically for Eleanor um, to help her. Gabriel demanded that Samuel needed to be killed and that Eleanor needed to provide the medications to go- from her job to do, the- do it. Um, May, being the absolute star master manipulator, told Eleanor that if she did not do this, she would be struck down by the angels for not obeying and then said that the death of Sam for Samuel would, would not be a complete death of the body, but a spiritual one. And the medications would rid him of whatever was preventing him from truly accepting and living in the teachings of the cult. They were helping him. I mean, they want him to have eternal life, right? And stay young forever. He needs to get rid of that Catholicism. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so it's thought um, she was speaking of his Catholic beliefs, holding him back from the great 11. She goes on to tell Eleanor that the angel showed her a white vial, one that would have no trace, but if, but that if Eleanor told anyone at all of this, she would be struck down by the angels and they would know. Eleanor was not thrilled about this idea. <laughs> and knew if she was found out she would be in legal trouble and lose her job she provided this if she provided this to may and she ends up telling her husband and she was not struck down so <laughs> uh, she says immediately that they needed or he told her that that they needed to go um to the group and try to get their money back from may and that this was all a scam and that she needed to not do this um after speaking with him eleanor does go back to may demanding her money be returned but of course she is talking to one of the most manipulative people she tells eleanor that the issue is her husband and and he or may tells eleanor that the issue is her husband that he's manipulative he doesn't want her to be part of this and doesn't want her to have eternal life of course um and that he's actually not even her real husband spiritually (laughs) and that really it's another guy in the cult that's her real husband and that she needs to leave her husband and be with this other guy (sighs) thankfully eleanor does not believe this and leaves may did not like how this ended or that um, she was not listened to or believed she did not take losing control of a follower especially one with such dark um, twisted information about may the next day may sends another cult member mary stewart which is interesting because that's queen mary's name mary queen of scots um well she is sent to the pharmacy where eleanor works and demanded it to be given chloroform and poison eleanor did give her the chloroform but switch the poison for colored water (laughs) (laughs) eleanor and her husband did not go back to the cult and cut ties with them that night the cult got together to do a symbolic death ritual on the beach in santa monica and told samuel and the other members, this ritual would kill Samuel's other spiritual beliefs that were hindering his ability to fully believe and accept the blessings of their group. The twist, um, this was the last time any of them ever saw Sammy Rizzio. <laughs> and they were just reassured he was fine by May and Ruth. <laughs> Symbolic, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After this, his family was not buying that he um, left the ritual and just disappeared. So his brother did something terrifying and brilliant. He, um, oh no, I, I, I went down. Where are you, Rizzio? Rizzio, oh Rizzio, wherefore <laughs> art thou, Rizzio? Uh, there we go. Okay, it's in this paragraph. Okay, so he joined the cult and was undercover for 10 months to try to gain intel on his brother's disappearance and anything else strange he could find. He offered his services to May and she accepted him as her chauffeur. While spending time in the home of the cult, he did uncover his brother's possessions and not just a few things. It seemed he just left everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um. 
May and Ruth played into this saying that since he left everything, they believed he was coming back. (laughs) Maybe he just needed some time wandering to find his way back to them after stripping away the other belief systems within him. After after discovering this and not believing the stories told to him about what he uncovered, the family decided they wanted to go to the police to see if they could investigate further into this. But before they could, someone got word of their plan and an officer showed up at the family home telling them that they needed to keep their mouths shut about May. He was a member of the Divine Order and scared the family and they did not go to the authorities. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that like so many prominent like people get into these things Mm -hmm. and then protect it. And then their job is on the line too for doing that, but it works. (laughs) The, um, the camera like zooming in and like moving around on its own every now and again it zooms in at just the right time to be almost like kind of like a dramatic emphasis to what Tyler's saying. (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) out of control i can't it's got a mind of its own it's just having a good time there well and truly (laughs) well there was we were recording the other week and jordan holds up like a can and it just zooms in on the can (laughs) (laughs) like a commercial and then we couldn't get it to do it again but it like thought it was a face or something like (laughs) no i couldn't do it holiday What's the flavor? Holiday. It flavor. is cranberry apple cinnamon lager. Hmm, that actually sounds good. Unlike that other one you had. Uh, yeah, that other one was terrible. This isn't. It's not terrible. I have water with liquid liquid IV in it. <sighs> I have so much liquid IV. There's like yeah. two bags there. I have another bag over there. <laughs> Yeah, I was sitting here like my blood pressure, I could feel my blood pressure tanked and I was like, oh, I need to lay on the floor. Oh, you know what I have? I have liquid IV. Oh, yeah. Now I'm feeling better. That's like liquid floor. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Jordan disappeared. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) There's a ghost over there. Oh. Oh, I made a TikTok today. I don't know where Jordan went. I made a TikTok today that um, immediately got rejected. And I didn't even put like any hashtags. And I now realize why I haven't seen anything about this specific event because it just deleted my video about a school shooting yesterday. Oh, yeah. I could see TikTok doing that. Their whole thing of like content should be safe for kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like kids don't know that that's going on. Right. It was, it was only four hours from my house. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. Welcome back. I have Thank you. <laughs> I've only had two oh, sips. I've only had two sips. Perfect timing. All right. So that year, May moved to another house, which was elaborate as well, in 427 North Vermont, and moved her mother and step brother slash husband to the home as well (laughs) uh this is where things get even more weird is that possible is that possible so far no 
Ward's job at the house was to keep an eye on traffic reports and weather. You know what that means? That means he sits there at the door, looking at cars, writing down which cars drive by. <laughs> yeah, there's no internet. Yeah. And what the weather was like <laughs> that day. <laughs> and then he would provide the report to me. <laughs> sits out on the porch and. Oh, but it's weirder. It gets weirder. Jenny, May's mom, was padlocked and chained to her bed for 75 days, seemingly with permission from Jenny to do so. Okay. Later, later she told reporters that during those 75 days, the angels Gabriel released her spiritually from her shackles um, by being physically shackled. And she had never been happier. She also stated that she had access to the keys the whole time and the chains were long enough to leave the bedroom and go downstairs, but not to not long enough to leave the house. A lot of chain. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't believe it either. It kind of seemed like from pictures that they found of stuff that she was actually chained to the bed. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. Um, She seemed happy and delusional maybe that's where may gets it from yeah, it's like a psychotic break during while she was trapped well, there probably. if you were alone in a room for 75 days of course you're gonna start seeing things yeah i can't even like i'm being like chained your body like your joints would hurt and just like all it's so oppressive like or like the yeah. other cult that we talked about the in the family she would give them hallucinogenics and then uh, leave him in a room alone like a dark room alone and then come into the room with a light shining on her being like i am jesus <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> so she may have been like i am gabriel <laughs> and i really we will am- do the cleopatra dance <laughs> watch your daughter oh your granddaughter watch your granddaughter dance <laughs> oh gosh yes yes november <laughs> so we go now to november 1924 New followers came to the cult named Clifford and Alice Dabney. Clifford was the nephew of a well-known oil tycoon, which meant big money in the family. Uh, uh, The couple were high in society and well-connected. When you have all the money you could ever spend, what is next? Something money can't buy, like eternal youth, that you can have the time to spend the money, maybe? (laughs) I don't know why he got involved in this, like you (laughs) So, I mean, did they have like other followers? And then, like, this is just like mentioning like the prominent the key- ones. Yeah. Okay. By the end, there's over a hundred followers of this cult. Um, and it only mentions like prominent people that actually the, the have- money bags. Yeah. The part of the bags, story. Yep. But they do have people working for her for free. So they just start doing everything she wants. I don't think May had to do much of anything during this time. I should start a cold. I know. Get somebody to empty my composting toilet for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I know. That would be great. <laughs> what do I need them to do? They could just bring me drinks. Yeah, just like, bring you drinks. Like, and I, like, oh, wait, I already have that. <laughs> <laughs> you have them edit your photos so you can go do photo shoots and not worry about right. the editing Ooh, part yeah. and video. You know. Edit videos. Yeah. I like they can those. train to do special massage stuff for eds stuff so that you know they can help your pain without like making issues worse and jordan do you want to join a cult <laughs> yeah but i'm not doing any work <laughs> i put my foot down 
You want to be at the top and benefit from other people doing work. Yeah, I just want to be like I want to be like the Gabriel. Yeah, <laughs> you you want people to Cleopatra dance for you, right? <laughs> I do the Squidward. Squidward. Well, I show off my trumpet collection. <laughs> That's a euphemism. <laughs> but wasn't the book called the seventh trumpet of Gabriel? Yeah. yeah, I just want to know what happened to the other trumpets. trumpets. Yeah. Like- <laughs> don't worry the book changes names <laughs> oh, well, okay i don't know seven trumpets of gabriel seems like a pretty good name so it, it was a better name, name than the next one although i feel like she could have used both names and done like two books but you know yeah um so may focused on trying to show him that she could make him even more money by investing in her book of course which had changed names and is now called the Sixth Seal. <laughs> oh, like the movie. Yes, <laughs> I like the movie. That yeah, was a good movie. Uh, well, you die for him. That was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should be a voice actor. <laughs> Only accidentally. Only <laughs> I know. Me too. My 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 accents are never what they're supposed to be, but they are an accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are an accent. <laughs> Uh, this was going to be a viral sensation and save so many in the world. If they get their hands on it, this book will fly off the shelves faster than they can print it and will gain him and his family eternal life on top of that. Can't sure, be bad. Girl, I sign up. <laughs> promises. She then added to this... <laughs> more and told him that this book will also give him the coordinates to hidden oil <laughs> she, boy she just like has like a bottomless hat of shit she just pulls out to tell people what they want to hear like something tells me this is good she's gonna under deliver i just have a feeling <laughs> has she delivered at all <laughs> not yet <laughs> and other other treasures uh, just eight this, page pamphlet this sold him this, he was sold. He wants that oil. Um, <laughs> if there is one thing he was hot for, it's that oil money. <laughs> Martha Rhodes and her husband um, at this point, like simultaneously at the same time, and their adopted daughter, I don't know what happened to the other two, um, moved to Hollywood to be with the cult and bring their little queen to her palace. Mm. We're not 100% sure why this is when they chose to move and why they did not follow her right away. But this was around the same time that May had proclaimed that the solar system was going to align just right for the book to be published in February of 1925. Interesting. And this may be what they were waiting for, the book actually having a date to be finished. Simultaneously at the same time, another woman known as the prophetess of doom margaret rowan in la was proclaiming that february 6 1925 would be the end of the world but not the end of the world end of the world the spiritual end of the world and we would have a new world after february 6 1925 that explains everything the best title ever the prophetess of doom i mean i want that title (laughs) Yes, I think I want to research her more and do an episode I mean, on her. I mean, really, you can add of doom to the end of almost anything, and it just makes it better. Jordan, envy Santa of doom. 
Of yeah. doom. <laughs> of doom. <laughs> Robot Liz of doom. Yes. <laughs> uh, when Willa and her family got to LA, May set them up in a home there. Jenny gave them a housewarming gift and one that would make me furious as a parent. Can you guess what it was? Drums? No. Oh. <laughs> candy? No. Lasts longer than candy. Dogs? Cigarettes? Yes, dogs. <laughs> they, she presented Willow with seven puppies and their names were after the seven tones of the musical scale. <laughs> no. Seven, seven puppies. <laughs> Mm. good grief i um i will warn everyone when there is going to be some animal abuse but there is no detail in it but it does happen in a little bit so i will warn people ahead of time that there is some animal abuse but i do not go into detail um and it does have to do with these puppies May and Ruth were becoming wealthier and wealthier, and the book was coming to the date of publication, so the excitement among the members was there. They were waiting for this for so long. (laughs) Then, after the new year, everything seemed to change. Willa, before the new year, like at Christmas time, grew very ill after her tooth became infected over the Christmas season. and her mother did not believe in medicine or doctors and of course her mother is a necromancer so she's not too worried about willa dying right even though what her other son never came back i was gonna say her she doesn't have a success rate yet (laughs) she says she does have five on her resume oh that's right it's not her son Um, Willa did end up passing away from this infection on January 1st, 1925, and was just 19 years old at the time. Despite that's a way to go. Oh my gosh, a tooth and like toothache in general is like the worst pain, (laughs) right? And you you can't think about anything else when that's going on. Yeah, but to get that bad that it gets so infected that you die. uh, Um. But despite Martha trying her hardest to bring Willa back to life, it did not work. Um, May was devastated. Willa was part of her plan. She was the tree of life. She would be the one to bring on immortality and change the trajectory of reality as we know it. May called upon the angels and they let May know that Willa was going to live again. She would be raised from the dead. It just was not the time yet. They um, did say that the group needed to preserve her, uh, preserve her body so that when the time was right, Willow would have a vessel to come back to. All right. We're about to get into the animal abuse and it's very um, sad, but it is not in detail. Um, They did say the group uh, needed to preserve her body. Um, this meant concealing the body from police and hospitals so they would not take her and bury her. They needed to keep her body in the possession of the group and they knew, um, where she was and could make sure that she stayed preserved and protected. May, um, said the body was, um, safest in May's home, um, where she put her on ice in her bathroom on her bathroom floor, because, you know, that's a good long-term plan. Um, and that was not all part of being able to preserve her was to sacrifice the puppies. Um, 
these angels are just so kind. <laughs> this is just a great way. They placed the seven puppies around the body in the room in a room in her house. They called her sleeping chamber and the bodies remained there until the cult moved once more to Santa Monica in May. They only stayed in that building for two months. Um, they, the place they lived at the time is now a cafe um, that still is around to this day called the Earth Cafe in Santa Monica. After leaving this home, they moved to Venice Beach, where they finally got word from the angels that it was time to bury Willa. And February 10th, 1926, over a year after her death, according to the book um, that I read, her body was embalmed, just surface-wise. And this was a year later her body was embalmed, by the way. So it couldn't have been in that creative condition. <laughs> and, the and the end of the world date passed and they didn't oh, yeah. do the book or any of that. We get to that. It was because of this yeah. death that the book didn't yeah. oh, oh. It got delayed. No one really seemed to care that the book didn't get that uh, they were so sad about Willa. Um, but her body was embalmed. She was laid on her back with her knees to her chest. The seven dead puppies were wrapped in blankets and put into the coffin, but she was not buried in a graveyard. She was buried in the crawl space under her mother and father's bedroom. Mm -mm. Why? Uh, yeah. Now, let's remember that this is February 2026, and the book was supposed to be published in February 2025, <laughs> but no one seemed bothered by the number, uh, by this, and the numbers grew, and by this time, there were over 100 members. They became more showy and leaned on the spiritual movement at the time. They couldn't really afford to have any neighbors who did not approve of this getting involved and in calling the police with a dead body under the floorboards and missing man never found. <laughs> so the oil tycoon Clifford, uh, the oil tycoon's nephew Clifford purchased a plot of land of 164 acres in Semi Valley. This would be big enough for everyone to congregate. There's, but um, they did not move the body there, by the way. It stayed in her parents' room. <laughs> oh. They just didn't want neighbors to see their showy, like, dancing around in the yard stuff and call the police. Whoever bought that house got a shock. Right. Uh, they, we get there. Um, oh. There seem... <laughs> Uh, to be a division in 1926 among her followers. So some joined her cult because they were part of the spiritual movement. And some joined her cult that were part of the like science, Christian science, Scientology movement. Um, and there were very different beliefs between the two, but some that overlapped and why they liked to be a part of her cult. Um, the, all the sci-fi stuff going on there. <laughs> um so she she wanted a church that would merge the two this was separate from the actual cult and group but a place that people could congregate and a church that people could go to and she called the church because we can't have short names remember right. the church of the divine science of josh joshua the branch headstone of the corner <laughs> what cal read it again the Church of the Divine Science of Joshua, Joshua. the branch headstone of the corner. Branch headstone of the corner. Got 
Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> Not one for brevity, May. Yeah, she, she yeah. was like drunk or something. She, it's Gabriel's <laughs> name. Okay. Oh, that's right. It's not her. It's Gabriel. Uh, she later registered this as a nonprofit and it became an actual church in 1928. <laughs> and it was separate from the Divine Science Churches, which was another um, division of Christianity, originally founded in the 1800s. Oh, it's good. Not, was not the same thing, but she had the name in there. In 1927, the followers of the cult spent much of their time and resources building their compound um, and called the place The Work. They were a little shorter and sweeter about names. <laughs> the Work. Later, the newspapers would call it Harmony Hamlet. <laughs> Though <laughs> time they went through, um, so they went through time living in tents while they built the structures, but they still lived on the properties, but they were able to build structures and they did have money. So they would, did put money into this compound. Um, they even built a temple called the golden throne temple. This room seemed to have the most work and dedication put into it. This is where the 11 were going to sit, you know, in their throne room. Um, but it had, elaborate statues carvings even um stained glass it was very they had these weird um lion's head lanterns that you could carry around on a stick it, it was elaborate <laughs> um a lot of the members were very wealthy and they had the means to make this as elaborate as possible and i believe that they also thought the more work that they put into it the more they would be rewarded um, mm -hmm. In the end, once that tree of life stops being all wonky. <laughs> stops being dead under mom's bed. <laughs> um, so what does any compound or cult need? A list of rules for their inner circle and members. I tried to find a whole list and I could not, but I, these were the ones that were in the book. Uh, I'm not sure if the complete list is around anywhere I, I digged and tried to find it but oh but it's interesting um but we do see this in many other groups and in high control and manipulation um circles as well um as a test so they have this as a manipulation tactic but also a test to see if the members are going to follow what they say no matter how weird and crazy it is because if they're not following the weird, crazy things that they could see, they're probably not following other things too, which is also why famous people have writers uh, in their contracts when they do performances. I don't know if people knew that, but they have like really showy, weird things because they want to know that all the safety things are being taken care of in writers. So they're like, okay, pick out all the red M&Ms. Well, if there's red M&Ms in there, they'll know to look at the safety stuff again. Um, but cult leaders have the same tactic. <laughs> um, they also use this as a way to humiliate and single out anyone who steps out with the rules to keep the rest in line, not wanting to be made to feel isolated from their new family. Often, if anyone, if everyone is following the rules um, in this dynamic, they will make someone believe they didn't follow the rules and then single them out anyway to have that same control over the group. And that person, through those tactics will actually believe that they broke or violated some rules and feel really guilty. Um, her rules included uh, forbidding members from eating apples, 
which she, because of Adam and Eve, and she called them the eye of God. You can't eat apples. Another banned food was Hellman's mayonnaise. I, you know, it's just just Hellman's mayonnaise. (laughs) Not not all mayonnaise, just that brand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I ran a cold, I I would ban all all mayonnaise. Just Miracle Whip. I would ban Miracle Whip. I love Miracle Whip. I would ban that too. Anything like white and creamy, I would just, all of it, gone. (laughs) Should I color it? As one does. I'll make it a different color, like purple, and then I can eat it. Hmm, purple mayo. <laughs> they had the colorful ketchup. Do you remember that? I yeah, I remember the the Shrek green ketchup. They had green. Mm. They had purple. They had like. <laughs> <laughs> we truly peaked as a, as a society then. They had clear and black ketchup too. Oh, I don't remember that. That just sounds so bad. I never tried. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, they could not eat walnuts because they created a wall. Huh? <laughs> they create a wall around there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She had that was her reasoning. I you can't I bet question you Hellman's it. was they probably banned Hellman's because they had Hell in the name then. Probably. If walnuts are building walls, then <laughs> Hellman's is from hell. They also could not eat T-bone steaks because it represented the cross and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Oh, God. But don't worry. They were allowed to eat and had to eat sugarless pies. <laughs> sugarless pies are my favorite kind of pie. So, you know. You have to eat it then. You yeah. <laughs> I, you I know. Mean, are, are we just saying it's a savory pie or are we talking about a pie just with the absence of sugar? I think yeah, we, just we're just a pie without sugar. I don't know. She yeah. called them sugarless pies. It may have been a specific thing that like they made, but it yeah. was in their doctor and I mean, they had to eat sugarless pies. Like literally my favorite pie is apple pie with where they don't use where the it's just the sugar from the apples is what's sweetening it. So Okay, yeah. I, I I see that. That's what the sugarless pie is. Yeah. Um they had <laughs> They had to rub butter on their feet. <laughs> what? You got to keep them moisturized. You're in the desert. <laughs> I feel like that makes them all a tripping hazard. What are they? It's like going to like collect all the dirt. And, like... Yeah. <laughs> they also had to smoke a certain number of cigarettes every day. <laughs> okay. That makes me think of... um. The leftovers, <laughs> or they had let that that group of people that they all like smoking cigarettes was like part of their. I wonder if they got that whatever. from this. Yeah, it could be. Um, but we're not really sure why these were her rules specifically, but it's possible it's because some of these foods were luxury items at the time, in that day, <laughs> and yes. that they were more expensive, and so she. Had to have other reasons besides money of why they couldn't eat them. <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the having to eat pie <laughs> and smoke <laughs> cigarettes and rub butter on your feet. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Uh, February 3rd, 1927, um, Louise Voles went missing at 29 years old and was never seen or heard from again. She was not a follower of the cult. She lived in Semi Valley, right by the compound, um, and was married with a child. Her son remembers it was raining that night, and his mom loved to go out in the rain. She loved the smell and the feel, the energy the rain gave her. She was outside, and a black car pulled up, and she was grabbed and put into the car. It was thought she was taken by the cult to be sacrificed or something else sinister. But it was never directly correlated with the cult. But she lived close by, and the car was the same one that Mary dr- May drives. So we don't know. But yeah, that was added mm-hmm. in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a, hmm. <laughs> um, but January 1st, 1928, Clifford, the oil tycoon's nephew, was called upon by May. Of course, the angels had come back to her and demanded that one of his oil leases needed to be signed over to May and that he would, if he refused to do so, he would drop dead. He believed her and even claims that part of him did not believe the angels would strike him down, but May herself would, <laughs> would if he did not hand it over. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So he did it, and majority of his money went to May after that point, because that's where he was, that oil um, rig in particular was where he was getting the majority of his oil from and wealth. February 27th, 1928, a car dealer from Beverly Hills drove to the compound to deliver a vehicle. When he arrived, a young woman jumped into his car, saying she was terrified for her life, and two men who were armed came up to the car, grabbed her out, and he... (laughs) And, and took her away and he did left the car and <laughs> he gave yep. a description of of the woman and and the men to police but nothing came of it <laughs> Jeez. march 1928 francis turner a cult member became paralyzed and lost her ability to speak and francis's sister was also in the cult and it was believed when went to the cult members asking for them to heal Francis. They carried Francis to May's mother's cabin where they put hot stones atop chicken wire and then placed um, Francis beneath the stones. They kept heating up the stones and placing them over top of her for two days and it basically cooked her alive. Wow. Um, I'm See, I was shocked in the story that she lasted two days. But it is possible that she did not. A cult member later came forward saying that the structure she was put in was actually what they used to cook food in outdoors. And that she died pretty instantly after being put in there. Her body was never examined and they put on her death certificate, she died of leakage of the heart. Um, Later, they used hot stones and bricks that were on top of her to build a compound path. Yeah, it's huh. a way to go. Especially when you can't talk. She was like completely paralyzed. Could not. I speak. was just thinking that. I'm like, at least she went pretty quickly after going in. Like, imagine Hopefully. that lasting Hopefully. two days. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> um, 
In May of 1928, May set off on a trip to Death Valley, taking along two cars and two horses after telling the followers that this was to complete a religious mathematical concord, which was about escaping the jaws of death, which happened to be the horse's names. Jaws of death. (laughs) Jaws of death one and jaws of death two. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it was jaws and death, but it said that their names were jaws of death. So... (laughs) I read it several times to make sure I was. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. And a little trigger warning for this next sentence and a little bit more animal abuse, but no detail. Wonder what happened to the horses? Of course, you're probably right. They were sacrificed. (laughs) Gotta get rid of that jaws of death. Oh, yeah. Uh, July 1929, Clifford hadn't had had enough. <laughs> he had given May and Ruth pretty much everything he owned, which was a giant fortune. And he had purchased that land for them, um, turned over all of his oil rigs at this point to her and the rights of the oil um, out of fear of death. And he had nothing left to to lose except for his life. And at this point, he was not really afraid of losing that anymore. <laughs> He decided to do something about it and went to file a lawsuit against her and went to file police reports. The police did not understand or take him seriously and accused him of being intelligent and that he would he would have known better and wouldn't have fallen victim to this sort of thing. So he must have wanted it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So they victim blamed him. September 17th, um, he got a lawyer and did appear in civil court. Um, and then later on, it brought char- it brought in criminal as well to the same case. So he did continue on with a lawyer to, to try to get this. Um, and they drove dove into an actual investigation into May and the cold and did take him seriously enough to look. Once he came forward, others did too, and the Los Angeles Times got a hold of the story and released their first article on the matter, October 4th, titled, Cult Leaders Face Charges. <laughs> the two had been arrested, and an anonymous caller felt emboldened with them being behind bars to call in and tip off officers to the body of Willa underneath her parents' bed. Um, which was still under the parents' floorboards and had never been moved to the compound. The police went and questioned her parents, who eventually admitted to her body being there with the promise that they would not desecrate Willa's final resting place. The police did not keep up that end of the bargain, (laughs) which isn't shocking. Leaving a body in a crawl space that is part of an active criminal investigation. Uh, They brought the coffin out and, of course, would need um, to have her remains investigated, which her body and the discovered puppies. And, of course, this made national news. (laughs) Because that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. this all led back to Francis Rizzio and how he um, had been scared off prior to his brother's murder or disappearance and other crimes being reported. He was now free to go to the police and the law about his brother. He may finally get some closure and, and seize the opportunity. The police did look into it. But they did not figure out what had actually happened because so much time had gone by and they didn't live there anymore. All of his belongings were gone. Like all the evidence was gone. Um, So they were not able to actually figure out exactly what happened. But they had a feeling that he was right. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Um, when the cult leader with the cult leaders in jail, they were able to go to the compound and see what is going on there. And they were not disappointed. There were so many strange artifacts, carvings, and the temple was absolutely elaborate. There were animal bones, which were most likely from sacrifices. On October 16th, um, three of the 15 charges against May were dropped, um, and Ruth was released from custody because there was really nothing tying Ruth to any of this specifically that they could figure out. Um, So all the charges against Ruth were dropped. And um, the next day, the police released a statement saying that Rizzio was most likely killed by the Colts, but no evidence to pin on them. Um, That's the most validation his family actually got. On October 22nd, the coroner announced that Willow was not murdered and an ulcerated tooth was the cause of the infection leading to her death. It is hard to know this for sure, as her insides were not preserved, only her skin was. Um, so if the evidence internally was there, it was probably gone and decomposed. They also did not have any way of testing for poisons after, like way after the fact. So once you are decomposed, it was really hard for certain poisons that were likely to be used to be traced. Plus a lot of, um, like makeup and stuff like that had those same poisons in them. So even if they didn't. Mm -hmm find them they couldn't really prove that they were poisoned um which we have found in other cases that we've done Mm -hmm. uh as we know from many other cults including some to this day jail does not stop a cult leader and often emboldens and devotes their devoted followers she was still leading them from jail she also refused to hand out money to the members to purchase food while she was in jail she was soon released on October 30th on a $10,000 bail. So she had the money for that, but not to feed her, her followers. Dang, $10,000 in 2028? Yeah, 2028 Ooh. or 2029, 20... 2028. I'm sorry, ni- 1928. I was like, wait, what? We're in the 2028. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that reality thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. This infuriated Clifford (laughs) Um, that she was able to get out on bail. He filed a second lawsuit against her in November in response to her getting out. This one was for property he had signed over to her under threat of death. On December 4th, 1929, she was arraigned and pleaded um, not guilty. So they set up for a trial um, the following month in January of 1930. And it lasted for seven weeks. It takes so long to get into court now. Like, there's no way it would be one month. (laughs) Right? It'd be like three or four years later, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Uh, She stayed um, consistent with her angel story and was very adamant that she believed that. Um, They did not believe her or that she really thought she was talking to angels. So they actually convicted her on March 2nd, 1930. Her charges were eight counts of grand theft, and she was sent to serve her sentence in San Quentin. The followers were not okay with this and blamed Clifford, and he became bombarded with death threats in the mail, on the phone, in person, like just constant death threats for sending her to jail. 
Um, to make matters worse, May filed to have her case overturned because the case was strictly about financial crimes, but the law enforcement added in information about the disappearances and deaths as well as animal sacrifices. This um, and her crazy cult stuff. Um, uh, and this soured the jury towards her on top of the financial crimes. They agreed and it really was not a fair trial because they added all that stuff in. So the prosecution and was not, they were the ones who brought up uh, a lot of it, but yeah, they pretty much screwed up the whole court case. Um, so yeah, she did not have a fire trial for the financial crimes and the police screwed the hearing up as well. Um, uh, two, they should have had two or more separate hearings lumped not one lump together so that they could have just done the financial stuff and just done the criminal. Um, all charges against her were dropped on November 30th. She got away with everything. Wow. Willa's parents also were not charged with anything in regards to hiding their daughter's body. And according to the book, the court warned that any legislative attempt to limit or regulate May's claimed possession, exceptional uh, sorry, possession of exceptional spiritual power or knowledge had to be rejected because it would be a dangerous invitation of the state to the realm of the religious freedom and privilege guaranteed by the Constitution. And they said, mentally healthy people are responsible for the decisions and if such for their own decisions and if such want to join an order like the grade 11, they can. Oh. Yeah. In 1936, May did finally publish a book. Finally. It's called The Origins of God, which <laughs> is a very poorly written and confusingly written book um, and did not do well. The person who helped her write it, write the book, uh, which was a fellow cult member, did not even get a copy for free. She had to purchase it. <laughs> uh, Naturally. May died of heart failure in L.A. on June 17th in 1951. She left instructions for next steps for the cult. And after her death, um, her followers that were still devote uh, followed her instructions and moved to Lake Tahoe. Nothing after that occurred and the cult fizzled out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just fizzle out. <laughs> Ruth's like, I'm done with this. No, it never mentions Ruth again after she got out of jail. <laughs> I don't know maybe what happened she... to her. <laughs> she might have been like, yeah, maybe it's time to move on and yeah. change my name. Maybe it's my time. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, it was all based off of Revelations 11, 1 through 13, which I can read to you because it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so they they were claiming to be these two witnesses um and i will grant my two witnesses authority to prophesy for 1260 days wearing sackcloth these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands and um, that stand before the lord of the earth and if anyone wants to harm them fire pours from their mouths and consumes their foes Anyone who wants to harm them must be killed in this manner. They have authority to shut the sky so that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. 
and they have authority over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. When they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer and kill them. And their bodies will lie in the street of the great city that is prophetically called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, members of these people and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And the inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and celebrate and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment on the inhabitants of the earth. But after the three and a half days, the breath of the life of God enters them and they stood on their feet and those who saw them were terrified. Then they heard a loud voice from the heaven saying to them, come up here. (laughs) (laughs) And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies watched them. And that moment there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the rest were terrified and gave glory to God of heaven. Yeah. Just like, x-men revelations you know it's great i would base the whole religion on that passage (laughs) i just want to be able to shoot fire out of my mouth there's the (laughs) um isn't there like filters on tiktok you could do that yeah dragon yeah yeah i gotta really smite your foes that way you know yeah you know they make believe i gotta potty i'll be right all right go potty we'll entertain them water oh was that weirder or this the same or less weird as teal i think teal was weirder or is weirder. i think teal's weirder because it's still going on (laughs) that's yeah that was kind of my thinking too is because that's still going on meanwhile this fizzled out pretty Mm -hmm. pretty early on i mean she dies in 51 and it kind of fizzles shortly thereafter that's yeah 70 years ago at this point. I so, want to go to that cafe they lived in. Yeah, I wonder if there's any kind of like that body was kept there. Um, so one of the podcasters I watched, she said she had been to the cafe, but she didn't realize it. Like she'd been there before researching this oh, okay. mm-hmm. and didn't know. So maybe not. Yeah. Uh there's some cafes where I grew up that I used to go to all the time that were run by a cult that I kind of want to <laughs> want to um cafes cults the yellow deli had you heard of it no but it makes me hungry for some reason so i went there in i think it was in vista it was like in the tri-city area of like vista oceanside and um so i went to yellow deli and they're like do you want a tour of where all our food is grown because they grow all the food locally and that they serve there and i think it's vegan if i believe if i remember correctly so I went, I was like, sure, is it free? Like, <laughs> go on a tour. But it was really a tour of their cult to try to, like, get you in. Uh, I was like, oh, never mind about this. That's interesting. Nope. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, it's called the Yellow Deli. And I don't, it's called, like, the Seven, uh, maybe it was Eleven or something. But they would travel around in a bus around the U.S., like a hippie group. Hmm. But they ended up getting involved in a lot of not good things. 
it reminded me at first of like bubble boy and the bright and shiny cult the bright and shiny cult ah lee have you watched bubble boy bubble boy oh yeah yeah yeah. bubble boy um i don't know i'll have to look it up because i'm not good at names i usually remember when i see a picture though he was in a giant it was jake gyllenhaal right Mm -hmm. i think and he gets into uh oh yeah i saw that like a bus with them and they're like singing a long time ago and they like cut off all their genitals Uh everyone's happy everyone's gay everything is a-okay bright and shiny (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that was a wild one and just kept getting weirder because like people would have little pieces of the story and then I had to like try to find a timeline so I just started like writing dates before each paragraph like okay I'm just gonna add to this one (laughs) oh yeah I wonder how she managed to get all those charges dropped that was by saying that it wasn't a fair trial because the jury because at this point all the newspapers also had put out a bunch of articles about them that were all over the map like true not true yeah there's no way to get a fair trial at that point Mm -hmm. so everyone like it was national news of what had happened which didn't happen all the time because it was hard (laughs) to get news across everywhere but um once the new york times gets a hold of it they kind of it kind of gets everywhere but yeah the new york times and the la times reported on it and they were both very inaccurate (laughs) so everyone likes a like wild and crazy story so they would post even more like even more crazy stuff than what actually happened but which made it a little hard to to research some of it because like you find these articles that are like no, I don't think that happened. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Uh, but I tried to leave some of that out or else this would have been a five-hour episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, so how are your guys' weeks? <laughs> Tiring? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm still waiting to here for my doctors so oh they still didn't get back oh the, the fifth got back to me yeah they said the fifth which is today but i still haven't heard yeah. anything but i don't i don't know why they didn't just hand my case to somebody else considering yeah. you know like that's like two weeks of waiting for a referral to a surgeon that just hasn't happened girl you know yeah yeah which you would think they'd have somebody standing in for them for those things specifically while exactly. they're out of town hmm. yep I really need to come over there and kick some shins. Yeah. I just like, <laughs> I'm just like on a holding pattern basically. But you know, I like, I cleaned, I cleaned my, my composting toilet, which was very exciting. Woohoo. I, I, the company definitely underplayed the, Smell. the cleaning experience. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's super easy. You just dump it out. No, no, you dig it out. Mm. <laughs> like a kitty yeah. litter box. Yeah. And then it, and then like the toilet is definitely designed for, penis having people yeah so yeah so like urinating in it as a female like the urine just goes all the way back into the other area which causes issues and because it's supposed to keep the two separate for because that's what helps control the smell is Mm -hmm. if you don't have the pee mixed with the poop 
So, um, and that doesn't work with the female build and I don't think they tested it very well. So I'm, I'm getting like a, like a, a pee a thing, girl. like a, like a, yeah, it's, I can't remember what it's called. It's a little different design than the straight up funnels, but like, I'm hoping that will, if, if that doesn't work, I'm just going to get like a really big like funnel and stick it in, stick it in the toilet and just pee into that. Yeah. Oh, the joys. Yeah. Then I'll just send them pictures to be like, here you go. I made it better. <laughs> Both y'all just need to move out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got to start packing. <laughs> yeah. Jordan's coming on the the 10th. To visit or stay? Mm -hmm. yeah. For first until the 17th because I have to oh, drive nice. back out. So flying in to the same town that I have a appointment on for my pre-op on the 17th. So yeah. and I have to, I have to drop someone else off at the airport the day that Jordan comes in. So, <laughs> nice. so it works out perfectly actually. Are you, are you going to yeah. do some in, in person recording? I think so. I still need to talk to brow bros. Cause I think that they'll let us record in the back. Um, oh, it'll, right. be yeah. it'll be really echoey. So we'll probably have to use headphone headsets. Um, and we could probably record in the back where the where all the big barrels and stuff are. Mm -hmm. It'd be pretty cool. That'd be yeah, fun. Cool. Um, I know that the meadery would let us record there, but it's like four hours from me. So mm. <laughs> it's yeah, a bit a of a bit drive. Because even from Jordan, mm. it's like another hour and a half north of there. So but during the summer it's really pretty outside and they have some cool buildings. So I was thinking we could record mm -hmm. outside and use the GoPro um, in the summer if you want to drive out or fly out again. Yeah, it would be pretty easy in the summertime. Yeah. But we have to go to Jordan. <laughs> yes. They have the Minnesota's largest candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it's the U.S. or world's largest soda uh like soda shop so it has the most oh. different variety largest variety of soda that you can purchase and oh i don't know gosh. if it's in the u.s or in the world i forget what the sign says interesting we'll find out mm -hmm. <laughs> although they call it pop so <laughs> which is what it's called no it's pop. not no it's soda it just depends it was coke I when i lived in florida yeah, when when I when I visit Kentucky, it's it's pop, and I'm in California, it's soda, and you know I just go with wh wherever I'm at. Yeah, soda pop, soda pop coke, <laughs> pop coke, fizzy, fizzy <laughs> beverage, fizzy drink. That's what mm -hmm. the Brits call it. I don't drink a lot of soda though. Like this is like the closest to soda I usually drink, unless I'm at a restaurant. Then I'll drink some Coca-Cola if my stomach's acting up. Yeah. I had a regular. Regular. Oh, okay. Yeah. The sugar and can help settle your stomach. That's why they like seven up is popular for if you got like a stomach bug. Mm -hmm. But you could just literally put a teaspoon of sugar into like water and drink that and get the same benefit. Yeah, I like the bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the carbonation's nice. <laughs> Makes yeah, me burp. It keeps some mineral water around, but I don't drink a lot of carbonation because it ups the pressure of your stomach. So it's hard oh, on the valve. I 
and you've had a lot of issues too with your stomach yeah and well yeah well and I also just don't want to like ruin my valve and end up with like chronic GERD when I'm 60 so I already I, I already have that yeah I intentionally like <laughs> avoid habits that could cause that wear and tear I should but <laughs> mine's just stuck open anyway that it doesn't have that pressure so yeah. it just kind of like releases anyway <laughs> very lovely it's the sexiest thing about me <laughs> <laughs> I also when I the reason I can't smoke weed is because it just because it's stuck open it just goes into my stomach and I throw up mm. yeah no good yeah. mm-hmm I'm a lovely human. You are. I can't do, I can't have anything that's like mint or peppermint because it, you know, how it relaxes everything. And then I'll get like the craziest reflux. Like oh, the valve oh. just goes, I'm open. And then that's it. And I love how people think that mint's going to help with that too. So then they eat more mint and then they still have that issue. That's why I have to do the, the fruity antacids and not the minty ones. Or else yeah. it just gets worse. There's this medication, uh, it's like a supplements and stuff, and it helps with like GI issues and motility and stuff at like IB guard or something like that. And um, but there's mint in it. And so like my GI mm -hmm. was like, you know, give this a try and see if it helps with like your intestinal spasms and stuff. But I, I just I just got reflux and so I couldn't really take it. Yeah, it seems like you your medication solve one thing and cause something else, and then you have to take another medication for that, and then another medication. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that sucks there's a lot of stuff that doctors have offered that i just never even you know i was just like no nah, i'm not gonna take that or like our stomach medication can cause osteoporosis or not yeah osteoporosis and other like bone density density issues and jeez yeah ppis are pretty pretty gnarly they're not yeah. good to take long term yeah so i take i forget what the stomach medication is but i only take it I don't take it all the time and my doctor gets really mad at me about it because I'm like I don't want I already have bone issues I don't need more bone issues yeah I take Pepsid for the MCAS and that doesn't have the bone density stuff like the PPIs do so okay it's just, it's just a an old like an older school um antihistamine that happens to help with um well for me it's not so much the acid production it's the it's the MCAS stuff. It It's a mast cell stabilizer in the stomach lining. Yeah. I've been having ma uh, mast cell issues lately and I'm like, I need to change my diet. I know I do, but the things that are safe for me for gastroparesis are causing me issues with MCAS. And it's just like <laughs> yeah. battle. I have, there's nothing I can eat when like, like just bone broth. That's it. Yeah. Like that's the only thing yeah I, I really like that's like with everything going on I'm like how much of my symptoms are my gallbladder and how much of my symptoms are like MCAS so like if I go my, get my gallbladder removed like am I still going to have yada symptoms or you know it's like I have no idea but I just been the stuff I've been eating is gallbladder safe but also like MCAS safe you know that's, like oatmeal yeah. and quinoa but it's like I can only eat like this tiny little bit so you know it's crazy. Uh, yep. I've been, yeah, I've been trying to figure that out. I have not been going out to eat because I can't afford it. 
because <laughs> I used to eat Taco Bell every day, multiple times <laughs> a day. But uh, yeah, well, we love all of you, and it's been about two hours, so I think we'll cut it. <laughs> Um, but we appreciate you all for this this double feature episode of me talking a lot. <laughs> the story was wild. Um, if you have any women that we should discuss with cool stories or cults, feel free to email me. I'll have the email address in the description. If you're on audio um, you can and you have a comment that you want to put, go over to our YouTube or this will be on video. Um, there's not a lot of ways to add comments on the audio portions unless you put a review on audible and not audible on Spotify. Uh, but yes, we appreciate you all and to all a good night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Crows out.